It's Mark Reardon for C-Speak, the language of executives, sponsored by PNC Bank. I'm here today with Michael Scully, regional president of PNC Bank, and Leonard Tengis, president of the AGC of Missouri. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the AGC of Missouri. I've been the president of AGC of Missouri for about 21 years now. I formerly started my career as a carpenter, worked in the field for a number of years, became an instructor at the apprentice program, worked my way up through the training side of things, was a director of training for AGC of St. Louis. AGC of St. Louis and AGC of Missouri merged a couple of years ago, and I've been the president of that organization now, as I said, for 21 years. What is AGC of Missouri? Associated General Contractors is a national trade association with over 30,000 construction firms who belong across the United States. There are 90 chapters that represent every state in the, in the U.S., AGC of Missouri is one of those 90 chapters, and we have various core services, including labor relations, governmental advocacy, safety training, membership services, networking, inclusion services, anything that a contractor would need to run a successful construction business. So, Len, what is the link between construction and overall economic development activity? We look at construction as a key driver of the quality of life for people. If you think about the things that people take for granted, you turn on an electric switch and the lights come on, that's construction. You go to turn the water faucet on, the pipes, the infrastructure that cleans the water, treats the water, does all those sort of things, improves the economic climate for the region. Transportation is a key driver for us in the Missouri market just because of our geographic location. Think about the economic development that comes to this region, whether it's the airport, the roads, the rail, the river, certainly. We can move a lot of goods, and a lot of companies look at St. Louis as a really transportation hub now. We see the work that Amazon is doing. We see the potential for a new Merchant's Bridge. A lot of things are driven that economic activity because of our construction industry. How are recent changes in both federal and statewide office holders impacting construction these days? We see a lot of dynamic in construction as this dynamic between public investment and private investment. We hear a lot about three P's, public-private partnerships to drive investment in construction. That sounds great, but there's a balance between what the public can pay for or what private industry can pay for. For example, in Missouri, 1996 is the last time we raised the gas taxes. Obviously, vehicles have become much more fuel efficient since 1996, so the per-vehicle use of fuel has gone down while we've seen that amount of revenue not stay static but decrease. So there's a, there's a big dynamic there. People are looking for something for nothing. We keep talking about bonding. We are a generation that's living off the investments that our parents and grandparents made in our infrastructure, and now we're trying to bond everything or push it off to our children and our grandchildren. So it's really a critical time for us right now as we're looking at working with both the state and the federal legislature. There is a new group that Missouri State Legislature has just formed to look at what the future of transportation funding would be. We hear every day about President Trump with some sort of an infrastructure plan that he's coming up with. Everybody agrees that we need to make an investment Very few people agree on how that investment should be made or where the resources should come from. So there's a lot of 
dynamics in play right now. There's a lot of uncertainty about where the future of that funding is going to come from. In terms of federal and statewide changes that are impacting construction on a statewide level, we're seeing a huge impact in terms of labor relations. St. Louis is a heavily unionized market, obviously. Once we get out state, it's not so heavily unionized, and we see a lot more open shop and merit shop contractors. We saw right to work pass through the state legislature earlier this year. There's a big drive right now that people are going to see around St. Louis where folks are trying to gather signatures with the idea of putting that on the ballot in November of 2018. At the same time, the president pro tem of the Senate has appointed a group of senators to look at Missouri's prevailing wage statutes for either repeal, potential changes, or do nothing. When you look at the senators who have been appointed to that, these are obviously some folks who want to make some significant changes to Missouri's prevailing wage laws. And I think that's going to continue to be something that we're all going to need to keep an eye on. Infrastructure is a buzzword thrown around a lot these days. Where are we in St. Louis on this topic? St. Louis is doing relatively well because we have passed some of our own local taxes, the Metrolink tax, some local funding taxes for public improvements in the St. Louis region are going fine. MSD just approved a new rate increase, and there are future rate increases coming for MSD over the next couple of years. So locally, we're doing okay. The interconnectivity with other parts of the country or other parts of the state get to be a problem. St. Louis still is looking at a big project, which is the Merchant's Bridge. The Merchant's Bridge is over 100 years old. There's a big group of transit folks who are trying to get together and really look at what needs to happen to collect, connect St. Louis and Illinois, what needs to happen to connect the two sides of the river over a bridge that's over 100 years old that is in dire need of some work. What is the most significant challenge contractors are facing today? Contractors are facing the biggest challenge being uncertainty and where to move risk. When we look at the dynamics between what owners, what risk owners are willing to take on, what risk contractors need to take on, what risk subcontractors can take on, what risk financial institutions take on, what risk the suppliers take on. That is a big challenge as we look at a bunch of different delivery models, different ways to make sure that the owner gets the best value for their purchase of our construction services. And contractors are really working hard to make sure that the risk is shared equitably and that the project turns out like the owner needs it. Len, how is technology being utilized by the construction industry? What we're seeing is much more prefabrication. The use of computer-aided design and computer-aided modeling is allowing for virtual walkthroughs, allowing for the ability for owners really to get a work out a lot of the bugs of their project prior to the first spade ever hitting the ground. In that sort of an environment, once the computer models it and gives the contractors and the owner a lot better idea of what the project is going to be, a lot of that is then moving work from the job site into a manufacturing type environment. You see the BJC hospital, all the bathrooms were prefabricated off-site, brought in, lifted into place. You see more and more projects where less field work is required 
and more stuff is done in a manufacturing type world. So what that's doing is making job sites safer. It's making job sites more speedy. You see projects going up much more quickly than the public is used to. It also is changing the skills that the craft workers need significantly that they have to understand computer technology. They have to understand a lot of rigging, a lot more intricacy on the job site than just picking up a box of nails and a broom and looking for something to do. Everybody's got an iPad. Everybody has some sort of electronic device to make sure that the project is done according to the building model. Len, what is the construction industry doing to attract that next generation of both field and professional workers? Bringing young people into our industry is a critical problem for the industry across the United States right now. We see it happening, especially in the Southeast where the market is very hot. Mike Rowe has gotten involved. There are a number of scholarship programs. There are all sorts of things that are happening to try to help young people understand that construction is more than a broom and a shovel, that construction is a very high-paying, high-skilled type of occupation. We're doing website work, we're doing outreach, we're, we just had a career fair for the new NGA project downtown. We had one of the buildings that's set to be demolished. We got in there and did a career fair. We had over 500 people from the community show up to try to make them aware of what's going on and what opportunities there are. We're reaching out significantly right now to the community colleges. We had always focused on four-year colleges before, but the community colleges are really a great resource for us going forward to set up student chapters, help not only the students but the parents understand that coming into a construction career is not a bad thing. When I dropped out of college, became a carpenter, and started working in this industry, my mom could have killed me. Needless to say, now... That's water under the bridge, but it's hard to equate an apprenticeship certificate with a four-year diploma from a higher education institution when, in fact, they are very similar and can lead to very successful careers. Breaking through those societal models is a difficult thing for us, but we're trying very hard at that. So how can the C-suite best evaluate and purchase construction services? If I were in the C-suite and looking at a new project, I would make sure that the contractor I selected did have the technology to take advantage of the prefabrication models that are coming along now. I would make sure that they have a safe track record. I would also look for a contractor who's built projects that are similar to what I'm going to build. If it's a school, if it's an office building, if it's a water park, if it's a community center, Those buildings have become so specialized in terms of accessibility, the quality of construction that people are looking for, the different technology that takes place. I would look for technology, I'd look for safety, and I'd look for experience. So, Lynn, what are the future trends that are on the horizon? The future trends in our industry are trying to do more with less. We're seeing a shrinking pool of workers. We're seeing a big dynamic change in what people's expectations are from construction, and we're seeing this continued pressure on infrastructure investment. So our contractors, while we're seeing more work in the industry right now, if I've heard it from one contractor, I've heard it from 50, yes, I'm busy, yes, I'm busy, but my margins are not changing. My margins are staying the same. 
and the expectations to do more with less or putting a lot of pressure on folks to get as lean and as skinny as they can to make sure that, that the projects are there the owners expect. Len, thanks for coming in and joining us on C-Speak. C-Speak, sponsored by PNC Bank.